9.30. We're so glad you're with us on this 2020. I'm going to pray, and we'll begin. Lord, thank you so much that we have an opportunity just to worship your name. And God, as we look forward to closing out a year that has been easy to be confused about, God, I ask that you would bring clarity and wisdom and, Lord, just a hope. Christmas was just a few days ago when we were talking about joy and hope, and I have a feeling that we'll continue to talk about that. So God, as we respond to the joy of Christmas with the song this morning, I, I ask, Lord, that you would be magnified and glorified, and Lord, that our lights would shine no matter where we are. As we discuss and think about the highs and lows of this year, Lord, I, I pray that you would just speak and move in our body and in our individual hearts. And I'm thankful that we are able to be here together. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
to see everyone here uh, today. Well, I don't really see you, but it's great for us to somehow be together. Um, last week, a week ago today, I was sitting in my chair with my little iPod, and I'll tell you what, that service was amazing, and I would have to say, next best thing to being there, and I hope that's what this experience is going is to be for you today. Uh, we're not going to be together today uh, in person, but we're going to be able to be together um, through the different modes of technology that allow us to do this. And for me last week, it was very encouraging, as was Christmas Eve. I loved every minute of the service. It was really awesome. And I want to thank all of you that have been working behind the scenes to continue to make this possible. So uh, here's what we're going to be doing on this last um, Sunday of the year. This is a year that uh, we're going to say unforgettable. Not that we want to forget it, but I don't think we can forget it, really. It'll be tough to forget 2020, but we're going to talk, have our staff share a little bit with you about their highs and their lows in 2020. Now, uh, I'm going to be sharing last, uh, but we're going to hear from Tanya and Travis, and then they'll do a song, and then uh, Tyler will come, and then I'll, I'll be the last one to share, and we're going to just kind of talk to you as the church family what life has been like in 2020 for us as leaders and uh, this is how we're going to end the year, so I think it's going to be a great time. I want to open in a word of prayer, and then Tanya is going to, I believe she's going to come out from behind. You're going to actually get to see her without a keyboard in front of her, on her lap, okay? <laughs> You're going to get to see Tanya. I'm going to guess that she'll have no shoes on. Oh, I put them I'm on. wrong. She put the shoes back on. They're usually not on when she's playing, but let's have a word of prayer, and let's pray that this service would bring encouragement and hope to all of us. So, Lord, we come before you now, and we thank you for this year. There have been highs and there have been lows, as there are in every year. And I pray that this morning, as we are getting ready, this is our last Sunday of, of the year 2020 that we'll gather. And I pray, Lord, that you will indeed make this uh, a time of reflection and a time that we can see your hand in even the most strange of years. We can see your hand has constantly been there walking us through. So we thank you for that, and I pray that you'll speak through each of us this morning and touch the hearts and lives of our people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I did debate whether I should put my shoes back on. But <laughs> I figured, why not? 
I'll go ahead and put them on for once. Um, well, I was, I was uh, kind of looking forward to being able to share my year with you guys because it certainly, like a bunch of us, has been full of highs and lows. Um, you know, the beginning of the year, uh, I was still working full time um, in addition to what I do here for the church. Um, we were in the middle of adding on to our home, which had drawn out much longer than expected. And, uh, but we were in the process of, because I was beginning my second year of marriage to Sean, which is always a high all year long. <laughs> like, it's still awesome. Just That's just a high all the time, getting to be married and do life with him. But um, we had been planning for, like, the last year to add on to the home because now we have five kids between us. So we wanted to build a new master bedroom upstairs um, and our own private bathroom so we didn't have to share with teenage boys. And um, and also move my son Garrett out of the office and into his own room. So that all was kind of going. It started as a high, and then it kind of started stalling as sometimes home construction does. And then COVID hit, and that kind of put everything on hold for a while. Um, but right before COVID hit, um, for the last year or longer, I had been just aching to have a way out of my job, my full-time job. I just, I was to the point where um, I was tired of it. It was just too much for everything that I wanted to be able to do and to focus on. It, I felt like it, you know, it was almost an hour drive to work. It just really limited my time with family in the evenings on top of the other things that I had responsibility-wise. And I mean, it had been on my mind for a long time. Like, I'm so tired of this place. I was so grateful for the job, but I was just really wanting a way out. Um, but they really depended on me. I had kind of a unique position in the company, and literally, it's just the way it worked out. Nobody else knew the ins and outs of the program that we used. So it was always a stressful thing to think about. How on earth would anybody ever replace me? I really don't know, and that's, that's just the truth. So it seemed kind of like almost impossible thing. But then they began talking about switching to a new program. And I started thinking, that could be my opportunity. Maybe, you know, instead of having to learn a new system, maybe this could be my signal. Um, and kind of, you know, God's confirmation of that was one day I got a call in April and they were laying me off. And uh, most people wouldn't be happy to get laid off, but like when they called me, I was trying not to like squeal with excitement. Um, Cause they, and they felt terrible telling me and I'm like, it's okay, I'll be all right. And they gave me, uh, which was not expected, a really awesome severance package. So it was just like this amazing, that was one of the first real big highs of the year. It was like this relief that um, I didn't have to make that drive anymore. It would free up more time. And so um, COVID hit, so I wasn't quite done yet. I was supposed to be done in April. And COVID kind of caused them to delay that process, but I got to work from home for several more months. And it was like, really laid back. I, I just, it was really an enjoyable time because I was working a little bit when something needed to be done, um, but getting to be home. And so I think I finally, July 31st was my official last day. And so we had a wonderful time, uh, summer, just doing things as a family. We bought a boat and just had opportunities to have summer fun, um, with friends and family. And that was awesome. Um, so then 
things kind of started around August and September. My dad's health started kind of declining a little bit. And not just that, but it was, uh, from talking with him, I could sense that he was really getting, needing some support and getting burnt out um, with having to be the only one managing my mom's Alzheimer's. Um, She was officially diagnosed in September, the same week that my grandma passed away, uh, who had Alzheimer's and dementia. And, um, you know, after I'd been laid off, there was always this question, should I try to find another part-time job? Um, And nothing ever really came. And then it just kind of became obvious to me, no, I don't need to. Like, this is an opportunity to step in and help my parents um, and support them more. So, Uh, But I had no idea how much that was going to be needed uh, in the coming months. So um, September, October, my dad started feeling worse and worse and worse. And uh, I started taking over all his doctor's appointments and going with him. And we found out he had liver cirrhosis. Um, And so so we found that out in October. Um, November was kind of the beginning of some big lows where... uh, I got COVID, which for some reason I just never thought I would. I don't know why. I just thought maybe God will spare me so I can keep leading worship every week and I'll be fine. And then I got COVID and Sean got COVID and some of our kids got COVID. And then the same week, um, dad was got very, very sick. And so he actually had to go to the hospital, which was a really crazy time because my mom can't be home alone because of her Alzheimer's. And so I was stuck in quarantine Uh, Nobody from my family could go over to help. And so I actually had to kind of arrange all these things, you know, virtually. I mean, a lot of you from the church stepped in and helped me, like running food or medicine to mom and dad and, uh, you know, dog food and things they needed. So I was able to get all that taken care of with people staying overnight at the house with her. Um, they, They drained like seven and a half fluids of seven and a half liters of fluid for my dad's abdomen. That was mid-November. And when he got out, he felt like a million bucks. And I was like, whew, this is a relief. Things are going to be good now. He's feeling good. And then three days later, my mom called, and she couldn't wake him up. It was 11 o'clock in the morning, and she found him in bed with his eyes wide open, not responsive, not speaking, not moving or anything. So it was my 10th day of quarantine, actually. And... uh I said, I'm calling an ambulance, and you stay in there with Dad. I'll be there in a minute. Because I looked at Sean, I'm like, I got to go. Because if they take him to the hospital, I've got to be there. So we just went with our masks and prayed for the best. There didn't seem to be another option in the emergency moment. So, um, well, come to find out, it was his blood sugar had dropped to 31. So it seemed like that was going to be okay. But starting that point, and that was November 18th. Uh, He was not ever the same after that. He just began to very quickly uh, deteriorate mentally, physically. He quickly went to where he couldn't walk anymore. He needed a walker. And then he couldn't use his walker anymore. And then he couldn't, uh, I had to take over their pills. Um, He just gradually could do less and less for himself. We ended up having to hire 24-7 caregivers. Uh, to be there with them, and uh, it was just every day I saw him, he was worse and worse, and it got to the point where, you know, I was, before the caregivers came, I was starting to have to, you know, help him in the bathroom and all kinds of things like that, that nothing can ever really prepare you for with your parents to have to do those things, and so 
Um, so I'm sorry, I'm going longer than my eight minutes, I'm pretty sure. I feel like I have so much. Um, so, so luckily, I guess, like, Dad saw this decline coming, and he, we had a really long talk one night, and uh, I, again, kind of approached the topic of considering moving to an assisted living home, and he actually agreed that it was right. And so we began the search for a good place for them to live. At that point, he was hoping he would get better, and he wanted to live in assisted living where they could have a two-bedroom and all those kinds of things. So um, this is now into December. This is probably two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. We moved them into a assisted living home. And that particular day, I was really questioning if that was even right. I was wondering if I should just take him to the hospital. I mean, he was retching all day long could not even stand up, so I had to hire a medi-taxi to take him, and I was just like, I don't know if this is the right thing. Um, so we got him there, and my mom, the, everything she had retained for the two weeks prior that she knew they were moving, she was actually remembering it somehow, and so she um, forgot it all when we got there, and it was very rough and rocky. Um, when I left that night, I don't know, am I telling too many details? You think? I'm going to try to, I'm sorry. It's the lady thing in me. I love to tell all the little details, and I have to try to rein that in. So basically, that week was terrible. That week was the worst week of my entire life because my mom was freaking out. She was trying to bust out of there. And so they said, she can't live over here. We have to move her to the memory care side. Well, she kept trying to get out of memory care, and they actually, this facility said, she can't stay here if she's going to keep trying to get out. You have to come stay up here with her, or you have to hire a caregiver to sit with her all the time. And uh, it was very frustrating and confusing. I ended up sleeping there three different nights that week, and my dad had to go back into the hospital that week. And so uh, my last night that I slept in memory care with her, uh, it was kind of like, that was actually last Saturday. Uh, and I had to be here at church in the morning. And so I just brought her home with us. And, and I said to Sean, this isn't going to work, this place. I'm going to find somewhere better for them. So last week, mom got to stay with us for two days, which actually ended up being a really special thing. Um, we got some special times together, kind of like the final special times together before she went to her home. And But here's the biggest miracle. And I'm thankful to say that this year has ended on more of a high than I ever could have guessed would be coming. Um, my dad, when I picked him up from the hospital this Tuesday, was completely back to himself again. Um, not physically, of course, but better, but he was all there mentally and feeling wonderful, talking, all, you know, just just like dad. Dad was back. And so I got to pick him up Tuesday morning and bring him back to the house with us. And we were so blessed to have one day together at our house where my parents got to hang out with us and enjoy each other. And then I got to take him to their new home. Um, and they are loving it. Dad's loving it especially. So it's been such a blessing. This, uh, this week I've finally been able to start breathing again and just relaxing. And every day Dad is calling me on the phone. In fact, he's called me about three times since we started worship. <laughs> but he just wants to talk and visit. And it's just I never thought that I would see these days again. God has been so good. Um, and so I guess that's kind of the recap of where I am is, is you know, there are, they're in a new home and they're adjusting well and Sean and I actually get to take a little trip today. So that's 
super exciting. And we're ending 2020 with our anniversary in a couple days, two-year anniversary. So that's my story. Travis, your turn. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's been a, definitely an interesting ride for sure. Uh, before I get into my good, I just kind of have to preface it a little bit. So last year, or the year before, Josiah uh, really decided that he wanted a, a brother or a sister. So uh, Tasha and I thought we were done at that point, but then we began to see how much Josiah actually wanted uh, a sibling. He literally called a prayer meeting for us in, in the living room. He called us all together from different parts of the house, and then we're like, okay, we're here. What, do you, what would you like? And he just starts praying for a sibling. They're like, okay. Uh, so we started talking about it. And, you know, three days before 2020 started is when uh, Solomon came into the world. So it's, it's been such an amazing adventure this year. Just really getting to see the way that, that Solomon has, has grown up. And I know that a lot of you really haven't got to see him much this year, really hardly at all. But just to see his development from this little baby that can't do anything to now he's walking and does a little bit of talking, a little more screaming than anything. Uh, but... You know, it's it's just so much fun to to be able to see the way that God uh, gifts us with these things, and just even though He's a lot of hard work, there's so much smiles and so much laughter that goes into to having Him there. And you know, Josiah is literally the bit the best big brother because he loves Solomon and is always there and just playing with him. So. That's definitely been a really good thing this year for me is just being able to see the way that the my boys are are growing and just loving on each other and they love each other so much. Um, but, you know, there's been some hard things this year as well. Uh, my biggest, probably hardest thing is watching the Eagles play this year. It's so painful and, and awful. I know that you guys can relate with me because it's just not been a fun year for all of us. Uh, but you know, for real, I know a couple of weeks ago I had just talked about my, my battle with depression coming back and just dealing with that and just a lot of really big self-doubt um, that, you know, has God really called me to this? And, you know, just trying to sort through those different things in my head and realize that, you know, this is what God has called me to. And uh, going through all of those different trials and all of the things that, that I've experienced this year has really gotten me to a place where, you know, I, I was looking up that verse in First Peter uh, chapter 6, uh, or chapter 1, uh, verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read it real quick for you. It says, In this time you will rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have become grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, you know, one thing that I've really learned throughout this year after going through all of these different trials and struggles is that I've become stronger uh, in my faith. I've become stronger in believing in myself and just realizing the way that God has, you know, taken me through all of these different things to get me to a place where I can be more self-confident in the things that he has gifted me to and acknowledging in the fact that in my weakness, he is definitely made stronger because 
this year I can say I would probably would not have been able to make it through on my own and do a lot of the stuff on my own. So definitely, I just want to give a praise to God uh, that he brought me through all of these trials, and I know that I'm better on the other side of it. So 2020, I think, has been a good year. All right, Tanya, I think you're going <laughs> to. All right, Tanya will be right up. Sorry that I wasn't ready. I was into your story. Okay. Well, I, I think that this song that we're going to do is just a, it fits so well with, you know, each of our experiences that we are sharing. Just talking about how he stays the same through the ages and his love doesn't change and that he makes all things work together for our good. You stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me
personally just highs and lows and then maybe uh, just Christianity and the church and this year uh, and I'll separate those two so uh, for me I think the highs have been uh, for the most part like our family's been good and um, it's been certainly fun watching my kids uh, get into athletics Uh, AZ my middle child uh, started soccer and so she had a great fall. It's been great to see that build her confidence. Ellie's played volleyball uh, as well this fall. It's been good to see her build that confidence. Wyatt's continued on with uh, coach pitch this year and, and have some success there. And so it's been so fun to see my kids come into kind of our own. Dee and I, um, I think are in a good place. I don't know if she's, she might disagree in the comment section. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, I think we're in a good place uh, from our marriage. Um, I'd say, uh, personally, it's been, you know, it's been it's been an interesting year. I mean, nothing has ever stayed quite the same. The, it feels like there's always been a moving target. And, and just for us, just trying to stay settled and secure in the fact that the Lord has us and he has a plan for our lives and to make sure that we keep those lines of open communication has been helpful. Um, it, there's been pressure that's come along with that. Uh, I think she would say the same thing and just making sure that everything is working well on the other side of the building and things are working well for us and then working well here, uh, obviously, on this side of the building as well. And so that comes with its challenges, um, knowing that uh, I would say, you know, we're not people pleasers per se, um, but knowing that lots of decisions affect lots of people lots of different ways. And, and so for us, we've had lots of conversations about that, just how to navigate that together and be a help to one another and to be a source of comfort. And, and we spent a lot of time in prayer this year which has been a good thing. And so, and so in some ways, the lows have produced some highs, I think. Uh, it has challenged us and pushed us and encouraged us to seek harder after the Lord than maybe we ever have 
before, and, and we trust him for the year. I think for the church at large, um, you know, I think there we went. I remember coming in the 2020 thinking, oh my gosh, we have we've turned a corner. Like this is going to be a great year. And for the first eight weeks, man, six weeks, uh, we were there. And and then spring break happened, and 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 everything changed. And so. Uh, I'm really looking forward to whenever we get back to a position of stability for the church, uh, meaning that things can kind of settle down and the moving targets begin to lessen and, and stay a little more static. Uh, I'd like to get back to that. I know we're all yearning for everything to go back to whatever the new normal is. I would say go back to normal. I don't know what that looks like, and I don't think we do either, and I think that's part of the problem um, as we're trying to figure out what that looks like. But I want you to know that uh, we as a church um, and the staff at this church have wanted and have tried to serve as diligently as possible as we can. And we do that not because of fear, but out of love, love for the Lord and love for you guys. And so we're so thankful. I'm so thankful that we continue to get to do what, we, what we're what we doing, even if it's virtual today, even if we're separated by distance, uh, we're not separated in spirit. And so uh, I'd say the high started really well. The low has been another thing, you know. And so for me, I'll say some lows, and then I want to share a high, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hand the, the, the stage to Joe. I think the low for me, just personally, uh, which is Christianity and the church and Christians in general, as I've watched us navigate all these hardships, it's put all of us under a lot of strain, right? I just talked about that. But just the, the pandemic and all the conversations that were happening early on. Is it really this bad? Is it really not that bad? And then you start throwing in the, uh, the economic slowdown and the uh, quarantine and, and the economy slowly working away and involving all those levels of conversations. And then you throw in all the, 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 the racial reconciliation conversation that's been happening and, and the, 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 the violence and the protests that have happened because of that in the midst of a pandemic. And... And then you throw in uh, the primary season and the election and the election results and, and now the vaccine conversation. And then, and then and, you, know, and you kind of sprinkle in all of that. What, what's safe? What's not? You know, is it, is it wearing masks? Is that great? Because that, that's good for some people. It's not good for others. Is it social distancing? Man, we're just making this bigger than what it is. And, and then you throw in, I think, the thing that's really bothered me the most um, is just the, the, you know, 300,000 people, the toll. And I think I saw a stat this morning, one out of every 1,000 people in America have died with COVID. I'm not going to say from COVID because I know there's a huge debate on that. And so what has been a low for me has been where Christians have the answer, which is the gospel. Christians have the answer, which is Jesus. And so, and what I mean by that is, is we don't have to have, we don't have to know what happens on the far end of these points of these things that has really divided our nation and I think it's divided the American church in a lot of ways. But what we do know is that there's hope and joy amidst the suffering for the gospel. And we point to Jesus. And so I think the low has been, as I've heard less of that than talking points. And that's been really, really frustrating for me. It's been really hard for me to see. People um, and, that I've known in my past that have loved the Lord and, uh, and, and, and have been such, God's used them in such huge ways in my own spiritual walk to move into a position of not talking more, less about him 
and more about the arguments, right? And so that's been hard. And I would like to see us get back to the business of the gospel and pointing to a hope and a joy and a future, even if they're suffering, right? And so I want to leave you with just the high. And Joe, I'm going to have you come up. But um, I want to just say this. Uh, James 3, uh, 17 and 18 says this. And so James, you know, talks a lot about personal conduct, talks about uh, unwholesome talk and the tongue and, you know, all that. So, like, if you want to, so you know, James is fun if you want to read what you shouldn't do, right? Meaning I have to read that a lot. But I just want to read verses 17 and 18. It's just how they wrap up chapter 3. But he says, but wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And I love 18. The result of all that wisdom from above is this, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so I just want to say that I think the high coming out of 2020 and the high coming into 2021 is that we have an opportunity as a people and as a church, both nationally, globally, individually, here at Crossroads and in this city, to bring about a harvest of righteousness if we do these things. And I just want to read it again. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, and open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. And so I think while 2020 has exposed some lows for us, I think it also exposes opportunities for some really, really big highs for the Lord, right? And so I'm excited about what that looks like. And so can I just pray for that and you can come up? Yeah, Lord, thanks um, for this morning. And I'm thankful, God, for everyone that's here in this room and that's watching online. And God, I love all of them. And, and Lord, I know that you love all of us. And God, we have lots of great opportunities, Lord to be about your word, and to be about your good news. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like at 21. Lord, I thank you that you've kept uh, me and my family secure, even though it's been hard the last few weeks, and that Christmas has been completely disrupted. And But Lord, it's okay. And you are a God of suffering. And so Lord, for us to have a better, clearer idea of how life could be disrupted so quickly, but to know that you have faith, hope, and joy on the back end of that disruption because you experienced that. So, Lord, I'm thankful for this morning and look forward to seeing my friends soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. I'll look forward to seeing you soon. <clears throat> Thank you. It's great to hear from the staff and uh, just about a, a very unique time in all of our lives. I guess the, the amazing thing about, about the world as it's set up is that we're all living through the same things. <laughs> and God set it up that way. Other generations live through other things. This is what we're living through. And I want to talk about some highs and lows of, 2000, uh, of 2020 for me. And I want to start with the highs because there are really a lot of them. Um, one of the highs is that uh, I'll talk about something temporal, but my golf game. I finally have gotten to a place, a respectable place, that it's like, wow, you know, 92 to 94, and I have my own way of scoring, so don't judge me, 
okay? But I'm consistent, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been so much fun. So much fun to be able to play, and I really got to play a lot this year. I play usually on Friday afternoons and Mondays, and that has been really a lot of fun. Uh, other highs, my family, okay? So uh, I'll talk about my children. First, my son Christopher and I this year started a real estate business um, together, and that was the big thing for me. I wanted to be able to do, I want to be able to do things with my kids that bring us together, and this business that we started has um, allowed us to spend enjoyable time together. We both love real estate, and we're on the phone a number of times every day just talking about it, and we just have a lot of fun. We, you know, Chris goes and finds a house, and we buy it, and then we fix it up, and he tells me about it, and we go look at it, and I'm so proud of him, and it's been a really good thing. My daughter, Brianna, living in San Diego, I believe has found the one. Uh, she is in New Jersey right now visiting with his family for Christmas, and his name is Kevin, and um, he, uh, I think he cuts it. Now, we'll let it play out, but they are, uh, I, I see that happiness in a person's life when they find that one, and I see it in his life too. So I'm really excited about that. And then my son Jojo, his music career has taken off, and it's resulted in him relocating to L.A., uh, which is a high. It's also a low because he's not around, but he's been around for the past all month, December. He's been here, and he doesn't go back to L.A. till the 15th. So he's kind of be living, going to be living in both places. And as far as marriage, uh, Tony and I, I don't believe that we have ever had a better year in marriage in the year 2020. It has been Amazing, just amazing. I guess all the counseling I do, how can I not have a good marriage with all of the things I'm constantly going over? I have no excuse, right? Uh, but our marriage has really been wonderful and we've enjoyed our time together. So uh, let me talk about the church now. Uh, hi, I have really found and zeroed in on a role for myself that plays my strengths and not hardly my weaknesses. Okay, I have weaknesses. But the role that I'm in right now, even in a crazy year like 2020, it actually plays my strength. So I find that I'm much more effective and I'm much happier because I'm doing the things that I'm really called to do. And I think things around me happen in a better way because we have people that are more suited to, to, to take care of things that I'm weak at and things are being done in almost every way, in a better way. So for me, marriage coaching has really taken off this year. I've worked with probably between 35 and 40 couples this year, you know, even with COVID. And that has really been great, and I've really found the Lord using me in that area. Uh, the Joe Knows, uh, that um, webpage and that, the, that we launched out, and just me being able to, to talk about a lot of things that, you know, 35 years in ministry... 40 years as a believer, 62 years on earth. I know a lot of things just because I've experienced a lot of things. And now I'm in a position where I get to share those things. And I really, really enjoy that. And then I have been mentoring young men, uh, young men in the church, young men that are not in the church. And I'm fulfilling more of a fatherly role. 
to, to young men who have, for whatever reason, who haven't had that to the extent that they needed it. And I get to step into that role, not to replace their dads, but just to step in and be that father-type role that they might need. And that has been really fun and exciting. So I really don't feel, I probably work as much, I probably spend as many hours in ministry as ever, but it doesn't feel like I work anymore because I'm doing the things that I'm really called to do. And then lastly, I want a high is my spiritual life, my walk with Jesus. You know, sometimes we think, as uh, pastors that we live vicariously through the ministry, not this pastor. (laughs) I live vicariously through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit and God the Father. And, And I, so as much as I love to minister, more important to me is being ministered to by him, by the entirety of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this year, 2020, I have found God in ways Um, that I never thought possible. And you've heard me talk about it. You know, times outside in my backyard, early morning, late night, both, you know, uh, and just spending time in his presence and having him reveal himself to me. We're talking about um, recently I heard somewhere in one of our services, I wasn't doing it, I was watching it though, and we talked about if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And it's like God has been saying to me, Joe, you've been seeking me with all your heart for so many years. And in 2020, he allowed me to find him in ways I never knew even possible. I also immerse myself in God's word this year and have been soaking it up. I've read through the entire scriptures just short of three times this year. And I have just been soaking it up. And, and just been a, being able to understand it so that I can communicate it uh, in a better way. Uh, but understand it comes first. Understanding it, ah, got it. And then communicate it is, um, is the benefit of that to those around me. And these experiences with God and his word have given me a great joy and happiness. In fact, I would say that 2020, or in fact, I have been saying 2020 best year of my life, which so goes against everything that's happening around us, and I love that. That's kind of me. I just, you know, and and that's what it was like. Now I want to share with you um, some of the lows, okay? So one of them is, Travis, I'll take a a, a page from your script, Uh, sports, okay? The Yankees had another year where they didn't win the World Series. I know they made it to the playoffs, but for the Yankees, that doesn't really cut it, okay? Um, and they did not win the World Series again, and the New York football giants stink, okay? So, but then again, we can share some of these lows together, right? I think the uh, local football team here is not, I guess when you start thinking about draft picks halfway through the season, it tells a story, right? Um, Let me talk to you about COVID-19, because it's not so much COVID-19, and yeah, I did have COVID, and um, I'm past it. It was not horrible. Um, There were moments of it that were um, uncomfortable, but, you know, I was mostly, uh, my my symptoms were not that bad. I I had a, a, a little bit of a headache, a light, light headache, and I was achy, and I was tired, but when you are achy and tired and you want to sleep and you're quarantined, it kind of works, you know? 
it made the days go fast, you know, and I did a lot of sleep. If you could see, I don't know if you can tell, I got a lot of sun, and it's because I, I, the whole quarantine, I was in my backyard, you know. Uh, different, different amounts of clothes, different amounts of blankets to stay warm, but really it's been nice. But I'll tell you what really has, has been a low for me about COVID. It's, it's, it's been COVID's effect on the church. And um, where Tyler, you were looking more at, at the, the church at large. But for me, I, it's, it, it's effect on crossroads. And not that it's anyone's, it's not anyone's fault, no fault of anyone. But I miss so many of our people. I mean, if you remember correctly, in the beginning of 2020, our theme was our, our kickoff, our, our, our mission for the year was more. We still have the bracelets that say more, and we wanted to see more people and more ministry and more outreach and more of Jesus, you know, and, and then COVID hit, and we went from two services to one service, and, if you can, and then for a while, if you could even call it that, and then virtual, and then... And now just um, wondering who's watching and where are people. I have people's names that come to my head, and I just wonder, are they still with us? Are they around? And, and you really can't tell based on who's in the room who's really around anymore. And that has really been uh, difficult. That's, that's been pretty difficult for me because I'm a pastor. And as a pastor, I mean, I'm talking more about not, not the position I'm talking about the role. I, I love to shepherd our people. And it's hard to shepherd people when you don't see them and don't get to be around them. So that has been a real low for me. But, you know, we just figured, hey, we're going to do the best we can. And I think all of us have done the best we could. But I want to talk to you about my last low. And this one I'm experiencing, it might change my statement, 2020, best year of my life. Tony's illness has been a low in my life. Um, this recent bout started about two years ago, and then it, it seemed to pass. But about seven or eight weeks ago, it kicked up its ugly head again. And even in the midst of it, I still felt um, confident that we were going to make it through, she was going to make it through. I still do feel that, but um, I felt very strong about that. And I, I think I was telling you guys, hey, I'm okay. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I think I told you when I'm not doing great, I'll let you know. Because I, when I say that, I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm trying to allow you to see God's ability to sustain a person. And God was sustaining me at a level of I just was feeling great. But... Um, just these past seven or eight weeks, she's gotten worse and worse. So the last 30 days has had Tony in, in three different hospitals. One for just one night, another for a week. And then um, two weeks ago on Monday, I drove her out. Didn't even know I had COVID, but I did. I drove her to Arizona to a place that we really believed would, would give her a, a better lease on life, a way to handle her situation. And I drove out there with her. She hardly talked on the 13-hour drive. And I had the beginnings of COVID. And, and we got to the place, and I dropped her off. And they wanted me to leave pretty quickly. And I remember when I got back in the car, I was like, this is weird. 
because I started to drive back. It was already dark. I didn't plan to drive all the way home, but as I drove away from that place and went back on the similar route that we had drove together, I was like, okay, I'm driving. Just drove to Arizona with Tony. She hardly talked. And, and now, uh, and it's because of her depression, and now I'm driving back alone. And I was like, this feels weird. It's sad. And, and I said, man, I feel sick. And then I stopped and I bought some NyQuil and got a hotel and drank the NyQuil, slept for eight hours, got in the car and drove home all day. And, I, and of course, the COVID was really kicking in at that point. Um, I got home and I got tested the next day and I found out I had COVID, which now meant that Tony uh, would probably have COVID too and would have to be quarantined. Now, she never wound up having it. But we called the hospital, and now two day on her third day there in this hospital, we hoped would help, but she's now quarantined, okay? And she's by herself, and she keeps telling me, get me out of here. When I talk to her on the phone, get me out of here, get me out of here. And a feeling of helplessness really started to sink in. You know, I had lots of advice from people in the medical field and friends and people that are close. And you try and do what is best, what you think is best. And here I am sitting at home. I can't even go pick her up. I can't leave. And she's saying, get me home. And, and I can't, but she's not getting it, it. The place, for whatever reason, was not able to give her the care that we sent her there with, having that expectation. And, um, but they couldn't let her out of quarantine. We couldn't take her home until she got out of quarantine. And there she is and helpless. I just felt helpless. And we finally, this past Wednesday, we decided to fly her home. She got her test back and it was negative. She's never had it. <laughs> you figure it out, okay? But she didn't have it and then um, I wanted to get her out of there. And, but I couldn't bring her to the house. I called the doctor. He said, no, she can't come to the house until you're 14 days past your first symptoms. And I had a number of days, 12 days, uh, 11 or 12 days of no fever. So we flew her home Wednesday, but she couldn't come home. So I'm still, and now I'm quarantined, and it's starting to get to me, you know? And um, this became a low. Whew. And I remember she gets home, and Jojo, my son, he picks her up at the airport, and they go to an Airbnb until I'm out of quarantine. And now um, she's not doing well. She's very depressed. She's sleeping 22 hours a day. And I'm getting all these reports, and I'm there. And now I'm feeling better, so I don't even want to sleep, so there's no escape. And now I just sit in my backyard, and um, anxiety started to kick in again. By the way, 2020 was a year of almost zero anxiety, and there it was. Tuesday, it stuck its head up. And um, I was able to pick her up yesterday from the Airbnb, take her home, and we spent the day together. And she's actually responding a little bit. She's eating, and she was up a good part of the day yesterday. And I think just kind of us being together again is important. And, you know, you start scratching your head, and here you are trying to do the right thing, and you feel, talk about losing confidence. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do, how we're going to handle this, but 
I, if I tell you when I'm doing great, then I'm going to tell you when I'm not. And this has been really a very rough five days for me. But the other night, I, I went to a scripture. It's a scripture that I went to years ago. If you read the book, uh, Encounters with God, there was a time when Tony was sick. It's probably the only time it's been worse than it is right now, although they're close. And I was starting to lose it. I felt like I was starting to lose it. And I came in from the hot tub, prayer time in the hot tub, and the Lord led me to a verse, and it snapped me right out of it. And this, that I went back to that same verse, I believe it was Thursday night, and I read the verse, and it was the same passage I went to, and it spoke to me again. And I want to just read it to you. It's from Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Probably I experienced God's peace this year more than anything, more than any time in my life, which is what made it a great year. Through him, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, a place of peace with God, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there's a place of peace and there's a place of joy. We rejoice as we stand in that place of peace and as we hope in the glory of God. See, in 2020, my hope really became in the glory of God, the things that, that God has for us, but more particularly for me, I experienced those things. And then verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And I was reminded that night 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago, that I came out of the hot tub and this was the verse that picked me up. It shook me and snapped me out of it. We rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. It's got to be a better way to get endurance, right? But it says suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. We become stronger as men and women of God, character, um, to be able to stand firm on the word of God and the promises of God. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I'm reminded again of how God is in all things we go through. And he will use it all for good. So, you know, I've been in my backyard for the last 14 days, about 12 days. I was on the road for a couple of days driving to and from Arizona. And there are a couple of annoying pests in my backyard. They're squirrels. And I'm telling you, if I had a pellet gun, they'd be gone. But I don't. I thought of hiding. They run on the top of my fence, 
and they run across this little platform. I thought of hiding there with a shovel or a broom and hitting them, but I just decided I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to learn from them, and they really, I'm kind of getting endeared to them. They really have quite a time. They wake up in the morning, they start running on my roof, and then they run in trees, and there's two of them, and I don't know how much they think they can eat this winter, but all they're doing is collecting acorns and burying them everywhere possible. And I saw them, I see there, there are lots of trees, and they go in all the trees. They're in all the trees around, and I saw them in this live oak tree behind us, and, and they, get, they climb up the tree pretty quickly because a lot of the branches are strong. And then when they get out on some of the branches, the newer branches that aren't as strong, they start to, you see the branches bend and they'll fall, but they get caught in one of the stronger branches and in the many leaves, the live oaks don't drop their leaves. And I was thinking about maybe, it's probably a good thing I didn't take them out with the pelican, because the Lord was showing me how he helps us to grow. He takes us, maybe if our life journey is like climbing a tree, you know, as the tree matures and gets older, the branches, the bigger branches up, they begin to grow and develop. But there are still those new branches, those new shoots that come out of the tree. And when you get on a new shoot before it's strong enough, it has, it's developed through perseverance. And you, it, it doesn't really hold you up. wasn't holding a squirrel up. And I found that, you know, I said, man, Lord, how could I get taken down so hard? How could anxiety come back again like, like the worst it's ever been? How can that happen? How can that happen? What's wrong with me? And the Lord was like, Joe, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm just taking you. The tree of your life is growing, and this is how I make you stronger. And when you get on those branches right now, you're out beyond what you can handle. I am. So, and that's why the branches are going down. But it's now that you'll discover that I'm carrying you. And those branches that can't hold you up right now with the amount of pressure that you have on you soon are going to grow stronger. And you'll be able to handle even more. So hang on through the trial, it will pass and you will be stronger. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice. I don't want to rejoice. I've been alone for two weeks. I feel like I let my wife down. She's struggling. I can't go to her. <laughs> This is not something I want to rejoice. But we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. You become stronger. And endurance produces character. You become better. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So... Um, my year of highs is ending on a low, but I guess I'm going to rejoice because this is going to make 2021 an even greater year with me because those branches that can't hold me up, I've been sent out beyond what my present faith can carry me through. Those branches are going to grow 
and I'm going to be able to persevere and take on more. And I look forward to being able to share that with you out of a place of humility, but a place of confidence. So um, I want to close out in prayer. Tyler then is going to come and do some announcements. And uh, there aren't any announcements. Okay, there aren't any announcements. So I'm going to close out in prayer, and then I'm going to dismiss us. I hope this service, I hope hearing from us and our highs and lows, I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Lord, we come before you now. Thank you for 2020. We rejoice in all that it has brought. There's been lots of good, and there's been some challenges, but we know that, that suffering produces perseverance, and per perseverance produces character, and as our character grows, we have a greater hope in the only thing we can hope for, and that's you. And I pray that that would be the result of what happens. I'm right in the middle of it, Lord. I'm on those branches. They're not holding me up. I know you're carrying me. You're not going to let me fall, but you're letting me realize that I need, I need to persevere. And as I do that, you will do the work that you do. Help us to become the men and women you want us to be. So we thank you for that. We commit this day into your hands, Lord. As the year comes to an end, there's a few more days. I pray that we'll rejoice in all that 2020 brings, and we look forward to 2021 with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing before we dismiss. Um, so we have been on a journey trying to get to a place where we can break even for the year financially, and um, it's looking promising. It's looking promising. And again, if everyone does their part, then I believe that you'll hear us say that there are no red numbers that they're black. I don't know how black. Maybe they'll be like charcoal. Okay. I don't know exactly how black and how thick, but I believe it's going to happen. But either way, we're going to thank the Lord. Next week, we're going to start a series where we're going to talk about our vision for Crossroads in 2021. And I'll be doing a lot of the sharing, but you're going to be here from some of the staff as well uh, as far as the vision that, we, that they have for their particular ministries and the vision we have as a church in 2021. We want to move forward, and we hope you're going to be part of that with us. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the year. You are dismissed. God that never fails will not fail me now.